Can I just have a word? Can I have a word with you? I feel it like it doesn't work. work. <laughs> Would you, you let, let me speak? Okay, do it. <laughs> okay, go. Welcome to the Nail Polish Sisters. Chef's kiss. Do I give you a disorganized so, attachment? No. Your mom probably, you give her a disorganized attachment. Disorganized attachment means that you've traumatized somebody so deeply that they are afraid of what they're going to get when you walk through the door. I think Jenny's a little afraid of you. Definitely. Because I could walk in and be like, hey, slut, love you. Or I could walk in and be like, don't fucking talk to me. <laughs> don't talk to me. I don't want to hear it. Don't, don't take me to the airport. <laughs> I don't want you to take me to the airport. Okay, gosh. <laughs> um, for context, listeners. For would context. Would you like to tell this story? I feel like yes. you tell it better than me. Jamie and I were at a party. First, Jamie is to begin. She's lying down in the grass waiting for the car to come pick us up. I was just over it. She was not in a, she wasn't in a good mood. She gets in the car. We get a phone call from a guy. Hey, I have both Jamie and Bella's wallets. Jamie's bag was open and the wallets fell out. So I'm like, wow, we're so lucky XYZ person found the wallets. And Jamie's like, no, we're not. Like, she's already <laughs> pissed off. I'm like, okay. I was like mad that the guy had found our She was wallets. really upset that he found the wallets. I was. She was fighting me on that. I was, I was drunk. I should have known then. Then. She's in a bad mood. That she's sulking in the back of the car ride, <laughs> kind of like mumbling to herself, but not making a lot of sense. She's like, she's literally like the Tasmanian devil. She's like, rada, 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 rada. <laughs> behind me. I'm like, okay. Then she drops me off first. And I'm like, okay, I'll see you. I was supposed to take her to the airport. I'm like, okay, I'll see you tomorrow. I'll, t I'll pick you up at this time. I'll take you to the airport. I don't want you to take me to the airport. I was like, okay. She starts screaming at me about how she doesn't want me to take her to the airport. I'm like, okay, fine. Then she goes home. I have i'm the one who called the car so i track her all the way home she gets home <laughs> two minutes later i get a text from her mom hey um was jamie drinking tonight like she's really angry <laughs> by the way i've come a long way to be honest if we're being frank i don't even really drink anymore no not because i can't just because i'm like what is the point? Every I time I drink, I just feel like shit the next day. I think that's the biggest thing about why probably we don't drink anymore is like it just wastes a day. It wastes the next day. It really does. And then I eat really bad food and I'm not sure what that's about. Comfort food. That is a thing, I just right? shoved french fries down my throat. Yummy. I'm just picturing you eating a quesadilla going. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I ate a quesadilla last night and I, it was so hot, but I really wanted it. So I was going. <laughs> As I was eating it the entire time. Um, Bella used to do this thing and we found out that it was actually a tick. And she would I just still go, do it. <laughs> and she goes, I just got the full body chills. I ha And that's the and once Jamie called me out for it because I would do it. And then Jamie would like simultaneously be like, I just got the full body chills. And I was like, do I do that every time? And I do. So now I say it inside my head because I still <laughs> have to say it. <laughs> like I'm not kidding. I do the shivers. It's an anxiety tick, according to TikTok. I have a question. Yes. Do you think that Kesha takes credit for the name TikTok? <laughs> <laughs> I was just thinking in my head, remember Kesha? Yeah. And then I was thinking her song. TikTok. I have a music video on my Lacey, uh, my Lacey? hard drive that is to TikTok by Kesha. What is Lacey? My hard drive. Oh. With all my old videos on it. Bella, by the way, for the listeners, is a tech genius. <laughs> She, something comes over her 
and this is her Tasmanian devil era, is she will just start plugging things in. Like, you ever have a problem with your computer? You ever want to record a podcast? Bella's your girl. Hire her. Do you know what I'm also really good at? Picking up games fast. Card games. And card twix. And cod twix. Let's bring it back around. David Blaine, if you want to come on the podcast and do tricks. I think. Please. I would actually have a heart attack for you if David Blaine came on this podcast. I think I would just be sitting here crying. Just tears. I don't think. I think Jamie would have to do the entire interview. (laughs) Because I would not be able to speak. I feel like I get that way with music. When I see people performing, I just can't stop crying. And I feel like that is you with magic. <laughs> Bella, Lauren, our producer, and I, because post-holidays, happy holidays, guys. Happy Christmas and Hanukkah and the other ones that I forgot. I feel the, like there's always a lot of holidays. So, yeah, we're doing an end of the year um, uh, special. Wishing you well. Treat. The three of us are going to go to Magic Castle. Yeah, baby. Remember Crossing Jordan? No. It was a book. A video game? Wasn't it a book? Did they turn it into a movie too? Crossing Jordan. About crossing the Jordan River? Lauren is just silently nodding over there. (laughs) She wants no part in this. Okay, guys. So. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. (laughs) Happy New Year, Celise. Happy New Year to everybody, especially Jordan Fair. (laughs) Happy New Year to everyone. But most importantly, Salise and her amps. You guys, we're getting back on track here. And I'm not normally the one to do this, but I'll do it today. Um, We have a very exciting guest coming on today. Today's guest is Layla Blue, also known as Blue's Clues from the wonderful minds of Bella and Jamie. And if you don't know her, you definitely know her song, What a Shame. It went viral on TikTok. It's a bop and you should listen to all of her music and... As Jamie once said, without further ado. Without no further ado. Without no further ado. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Wrap it up, you're done. Wrap it up, you're done. Welcome, 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 welcome to Illyria. Name of the movie. God, every time. Oh, wait, hold on, hold on. Anchorman. She's the man. She's the man. I was so close. <laughs> Bella's been doing this for so I do long. this one song. And she told me what it is a million times, but I got man. So I feel proud today. You know what? Also, before we wrap this up, I need to mention is a lot of the things Jamie and I do, I've started to realize are just bits between each other. So like, it's not going to make sense. No, a lot of things. I feel like we've been doing a really good job of explaining it, though. Yes, but I just want to let people know that sometimes we slip up and we forget to explain it. Well, maybe not. Maybe you're... Never mind. Scratch it. Reverse this track. <laughs> and wind it up. You're done. Please rate, like, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Let a bitch know if you like, like the show. show. Let, let a bitch know if you like the show. Let a bitch know if you like the show. I said, let a bitch know if you like the show. Welcome back to the Nail Polish Sisters Slay Queen episode. I would like (laughs) to warmly welcome one of my favorite people, Layla Blue, aka Blue's Clues. She and I have been, oh, this is Jamie speaking, by the way, guys. Um, She and I have been friends for 
a good amount of time now, probably like going on four or five years. Um, We met in a very random way in New York and we clicked. We ended up somehow randomly living in the same building, a floor apart from each other. So she was my go-to for literally everything. Mm -hmm. And she is the most talented singer-songwriter probably that I personally know. And I will let her do the talking about, you know, who she is, who she is, (laughs) what she wants to represent in this world. I won't talk for her. Welcome. (laughs) Welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm so happy to be here. Blues Clues. I'll take it. I love that show. Okay. So this is my first time meeting Layla, you guys. Also, I love, side note, your song, What a Shame. Thank you. My anthem. Thank you so much. Thank you. Um, But for context to our listeners, how did you start in the music industry? And just tell us a little about yourself and your story. I grew up in New York City, which is where Jamie and I met. Mm -hmm. Um, I started making music when I was about 13 years old. I always loved music growing up and I always had the weird ability to just know every song, every lyric to every song that was on the radio. Um, but I started making music when I was about 13 because I was just like a really mentally ill child (laughs) (laughs) and I didn't relate to anybody my age because I was like the fucking 13 year old, like acting like an adult being like, none of you understand. (laughs) And And then I just, and then I would just like go home and watch like videos of artists on YouTube. And I just was, and I was like. I would hear them talk about themselves and listen to their music and be like, oh my God, how do you know my life? Like, <laughs> <laughs> it was so emo. <laughs> and I just, and I just had a realization one day where I was like, oh my God, I have to do that. Like whatever that is. Like, I just like that more than my life. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I need to make that my life. So, <laughs> so, and I could not sing for shit. So I literally just like watched Beyonce riff runs and melismas and like paused it after every riff and then did it until I could do the riff. So and, wild. And so just like, I guess, YouTube University did that shit. And then I started like making music in studio when I was probably about um, 16. Like all throughout my teenage years, I was just like really Taylor Swifting it, like writing little songs on guitar and just like being emo. And then I started making music in the studio when I was about like 17 and went to NYU for music to the Clive Davis School, which is where like Maggie Rogers and them Mm -hmm. went um and then i got signed when i was 19 and i have since been doing it full time but i was always kind of very 100 with it yeah but i'm no longer signed and that's something i'm very happy about but yeah i mean that's the situation yeah i just i remember actually like when you i when you were like oh i'm i'm leaving to because i have a record label now yeah and then cut to now you're like doing it independently, which honestly, if I do say so, like is I think great for you because you. you are such a creative person and your like photo shoots and your music videos and all of that, I feel like you're now getting to be behind all of it. Mm-hmm. And it's so cool. Like you're just doing such a good job. Thanks. You're welcome. When you were signed with the label, did they try and put you into a box or a mold that you didn't want to be? I mean, I'm really lucky to have worked with people that really let me kind of do what I wanted, but I don't think that I necessarily knew what Mm -hmm. I wanted. I mean, I think that I got thrusted into the industry really quickly and I wouldn't take anything back, but I would, 
tell myself to trust my own intuition more because when you have older, more kind of successful, powerful figures telling you what they think you should do, you don't feel like you have a choice, even yeah. though you you do and you can stand your ground. It's just kind of hard as like a young woman to think clearly sometimes. Yeah. yeah. Because it's not even that you like when I know what I want, I'm pretty and I do a lot of the time. I'm pretty clear with like, this is exactly what I want and this is how I'm going to do things. But especially when the people close to you are the people like I didn't really have any friends. Like I just got thrust into this industry so young before I could actually like understand what was going on. So if that makes any sense. Yeah. But I feel like I what you're saying is has a lot to do with the fact that I just have. I've just learned myself more and I've gone through shit that has made me more confident in my voice. And I think that that is just so important. And I just feel so, I feel like I've, I've done enough of what I don't want to now be very unapologetic about what I do. How do you find your voice and the message that, I mean, it's years and years and years of you doing it, but when you finally were like, yes, this is what I want to do. And I, this is the music I want to write. And this is the audience I want to reach how did you come to that conclusion I think it's a feeling um I mean for me I always like I loved pop music as a kid in the way that like I was a pretty chubby like ugly kid (laughs) (laughs) weren't we all (laughs) and music made me feel like a bad bitch eight-year-old and like Beyonce and Christina Aguilera like I remember watching Christina Aguilera on in her Candyman video where she's like there's three of her and I was like oh my god that is a revolution and like yeah. I literally was like I was like I need to do that just like the it just made me feel like a bad bitch and I yeah. was like I need that feeling whatever that feeling is I I feel like when I created it for myself in the studio and it matched this idea of like what my childhood self wanted to feel because I feel like my music is really like it is definitely who I am yeah, and I write so a lot you. based on truth but it's also who I want to be yeah mm-hmm. and it's like a projection of of that so when you make it it just clicks you know yeah. when it's right I feel like it clicks I straight up found your song I don't know how what a shame and I sent it to Jamie and I was like this is a bop you're gonna love this you're gonna want to scream like sing this in your car and then Jamie's like, that's my friend. I was like, that's oh. so crazy. That's so no, cool. I've had a lot of my friends actually like send that song to me and just be like, or, you know, like use the sound on TikTok, not knowing that like, that's I know so you. Sick. Well, I mean, and I feel lucky because I, I've gotten to like be with you at times where like you had just recorded it and you were like mm-hmm. showing me the songs. And you always love that song. Which one? What a shame. I you love What a Shame. But no, before, like before it even came out. I mean, I feel it that way with all your songs because yeah. I actually do listen to your music. Like, I am secretly a fangirl as well. But, and also, there was <laughs> so one, I think it was in Gasoline, which, by the way, listeners, go listen to that song. It's so fire. But I think you did like a, like a Mariah Carey, like, sing. Whistle tone? Yeah. yeah. And I was like, oh my God, I didn't even know she could do that. You learn something new every day. Yes. But yeah, I feel like um, every time you do something, I, I just can like feel you in it, you know, thank like you. I can feel like I can picture. That sounds wrong. Thank you. <laughs> no, you I, I can feel you in it. No, but like uh, who she is, you know, like I can picture, yeah. I can like, I think that's like what you want as an artist, like in any form is like, you want to watch that person or listen to that person and be able to like imagine where they were 
mm-hmm. when they were writing that song, like the place or the feeling that they were in, because that's like the mm-hmm. universal thing that connects people, I think is music in general. Thank you so much. That yeah. is like the best compliment that you could give me. I think that like my mission in pop music has always been to really bring that sense of connection between the art and the artist. And I think that like I was obsessed with pop music as a kid. And then when I was a teenager, I became super obsessed with like Amy Winehouse and these more kind of like singer songwriter figures because of how much they literally bled from their lives into their music Mm -hmm. and it felt like they were going through something and then they put it all on the page and because of that i could find so much solace in that and i think that like as a human being we need to know that other people are experiencing the same things that we're experiencing or you just feel fucking crazy and yeah Yeah. and lost yeah totally and i think that like there hasn't necessarily been enough of that in pop music in the last like 50 years (laughs) i mean (laughs) There, it's it's definitely getting better and I think like Billie Eilish specifically has helped a lot with that and there's a lot more like vulnerable lyricism happening but I think that there's so much room for growth and just because something is catchy doesn't mean that it can't also be really interesting and mm-hmm. deep and just help people in what it's saying yeah if that makes any sense yeah that makes complete sense what excuse me I just I made a weird sound Somebody's hungry. Rar. I know. Um, Rar. Rare. I don't have any musical abilities. That is as not Jamie true, knows. by the way. That's I cannot sing for Bella the life of been, me. She has been trying to convince me for the past like two I'm, years I that she can't deaf. sing. No, she's not. She sings. I have seen her sing on key. She always hits the right key. And then if I go into harmony. Listen, if you can match pitch, yeah. you can do anything from there. It's true. Hmm. Literally, that that hmm. was that was my experience. It definitely takes work. But and sure. But you if if you can match pitch, the, the toolbox is there to be developed. Yeah. It's a also, that's Don't not for you to start because everybody <laughs> hates their own voice. That's for the people around you to say. So I trust her here. Yeah. No one would hang out with me because I would just be singing. <laughs> oh, that was me. That was that was me. I actually lost friends because of it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I'm surprised Bella has stopped and not stopped being my friend because um, every time we're you're in, stuck with me. <laughs> We're going nowhere. This is a beautiful thing. Yeah. Thank you for having me in your little sacred circle. Yeah, of course. Um, Back, though, onto the fact that, okay, so I don't know how to write music, let's say, because Jamie claims I can sing. She can. Um, How do you, how do you do it? How do you do it? How do you do? (laughs) How do you do? How do you do? Do you start with lyrics? Do you start with melody? Is that the yeah, word? Yeah, that's the right word. <laughs> melody. Killing it, Bella. Play. <laughs> Where do you be? Is it an experience that then is like a journal entry? I don't know. I mean, it's different every time. I think it always it it always starts from a feeling, whether that's like something. It's I can almost describe it in the sense that it's like, you know, when you're going to meet a friend and you have something on your mind and you already kind of know what you're going to talk about, Mm -hmm. like what the first thing you're going to say is. I feel like that's that's the vibe. And the producer is like, what do you want to write about today? And you're like, oh, this guy fucked me over, blah, 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 whatever, like Mm -hmm. whatever it is. Or I don't know. I've just been feeling pretty depressed lately and hopeless about life or like just literally whatever it is. Um, And then and then it's kind of like, okay, how does that sound to you? And then you maybe pull up a few references of like, like, for example, recently I've been obsessed with SZA, obviously. 
Oh, um, the new album. So I'm so, I'm good. obsessed. What's your favorite song on the new album? I mean, everybody loves Kill Bill. I love Special. I love mm. Nobody Gets Me. That's my <laughs> favorite. Nobody it's Gets so Me. So good. Um, I love Low. I love Love Language. Just the I'm, entire album. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a huge fan. I'm a huge she, fan. She's such a talent. Oh my god! But the other day, I was in the studio and I was like, I'm obsessed with shirt, and I really want to make something that's that vibe, but do it a little bit more almost Ariana Grande like because mm-hmm. of the way that I stack the vocal stuff. Mm-hmm. So it's like you bring in weird out of left field references and you're like, like for example, with What a Shame, I was like, I want to make like a 90s, 2000s type bop, but have it be like super aggressive and super petty. And I mean, that's, I mean, a lot of 90s, 2000s bop. That's what it uh, is. Yeah. You did it perfectly. Thank you. But then I also was like, I really want to write a song like Fuck Me Pumps by Amy Winehouse. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if you know that song, but she's, but I, but what a shame is like directly inspired by uh, that song and and the song is like um when you walk in the bar and you dress like a star rocking your f me pumps and the men notice you but with your gucci bag crew can't tell who he's looking to because you all look the same everyone knows your name and that's your whole claim to fame and so the whole thing is just like her shitting on these girls that are like basic um and at the time it just really corresponded to a situation that i was in well that's actually a question we have on here um which is that your songs are specifically i think bella actually wrote silence and what a shame um they're also called them bad bitch anthems yeah bad bitch anthems thank you so much and then she threw in a dot 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 which i love um (laughs) but to that point is like it's it's seemingly we can't speak for you like pinpointed at a particular person so like how do you we assume we assume <laughs> but like we wrote like how do you reckon with the fact that those people are probably going to hear it or like know that that song is probably about them oh i fully don't and it has fucked me over it has fucked me over how little did i tell you about this when i literally had to so okay when i signed those those silence and what a shame and the song i don't want to know those those were the first um those were the first three songs i ever put out and so i didn't know that like obviously i knew people were going to hear it but i didn't really process that this person would hear it yeah Mm -hmm. so um i decided to like add little like voice notes of their (laughs) voice and like little personal things because i wanted my music to be super personal and i wanted fans to feel that like yeah this is some real shit that i went through so i did that and then (laughs) i i got signed and universal (laughs) music group was like oh you need to get a release form for anybody that's on these things and so my artistic integrity was like you can't take that out (laughs) (laughs) and so i fully had to hang out with the guy and (laughs) you're like would you just sign this no you don't understand i also never i never told him that i even liked him we never actually dated i just was like oh no yes so i literally was like oh my god funny story so so i liked you two years ago i had a crush i I was like low-key in love with you <laughs> and I actually wrote this EP about you it's all about you and I actually included your voice on it and I'm just gonna need you to sign a release for it. How did he respond to that was he shocked he was so nice he was like I honestly feel terrible I feel terrible <laughs> <laughs> and we're still friends like he's such a sweetheart and like that could have gone a million worse ways yeah, yeah. for sure but it's I just kind of choose to be blind to the fact that people are going to hear it. But I, as 
as I'm growing older and like beginning to actually develop real relationships and like care about the people that I'm writing about beyond beyond like a small period of time it's Mm -hmm. becoming an issue especially as I'm writing about like family members and friends and the topics are not just boys that I can ghost you know yeah ghost yeah so we'll see I'll let you know (laughs) I think ghosting is the saddest thing ever it's so sad but also like I have been a perpetrator and also she ghosted a guy once and I still still feel guilt about it I I feel you because like it's so sad to do that and know that you're capable of it yeah especially when it has caused you so much pain exactly it's basically like inflicting a pain on someone that you have experienced it's such a sad feeling but also you're like I didn't change my behavior. That's such a fucked situation when you know something is wrong and you feel bad about it, but you wouldn't do it differently. Exactly. Yeah. And we have that Ours. all the time, mm-hmm. you know? The only time I condone ghosting is if you've told someone you don't want to hang out with them. Mm. And, they and keep. then they keep Well, that's just a boundary you push, you know? Like Then you can be like, I I guess that's not ghosting because you gave them the answer. Yeah. And also like if you give no context and you just disappear, that person probably is going to the worst place in their brain you know and it like probably triggers every insecurity they've ever had about themselves which i feel like ghosting seems like a funny light thing but it's actually probably pretty detrimental it's terrible it's fucking terrible the way that it feels and and i have ghosted people many times because i'm terrible (laughs) at, at saying no and i it makes me feel it makes me so anxious like i don't know why it makes me so anxious and i have ghosted many times but to be ghosted is actually the worst feeling ever because yeah. you just project everything that you don't like about yourself onto yep. why they would leave, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Here's a question. I pose, I pose to, to you. you. <laughs> Not that. Not um, Slay Queens being in synchronicity. Always. In sync. In sync. In sync. Yeah. Honestly. In sync. In sync. Timberlake. Timberlake. Has there ever been. Has there ever been a time where you've wanted to give up or no? Fuck yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh my God. Um, honestly, this whole like last year, last two years maybe, has been really fucking hard because yeah. it's almost like the, I feel like I've had to almost accept the fact that my dream might not work in the sense that like being signed and when you're in the label system and they don't, necessarily pay attention to you Mm -hmm. and then you feel like you're just kind of lost in this corporate sea of people who are so powerful and you just feel like you've been just kind of like chewed up and spit out by the industry and and it's so hard because it's like literally everything that you've ever wanted and everything that you have ever worked for and your entire pride because I definitely put my entire self-worth in my career sometimes and that's really shitty um (laughs) and it's like when when you trust somebody with that and then they just do nothing or they treat you poorly, I guess, that sucks. That actually yeah. sucks so much. And then it's like, why am I even doing this? Like, why am I waking up every day making myself feel miserable? Like, what the fuck? Why am I doing this to myself? It's so masochistic. The fuck? <laughs> and, <laughs> but I just feel like if I didn't... Like I had to literally fight my way out of that situation and I have just worked too hard to this point 
to let that be the death of me and i also Mm -hmm. think like figures like lady gaga or whoever who have been like signed and dropped multiple times and then end up being such an independent badass artist who is so ferocious about their message or about her message and about just the way that they make fans feel so empowered i'm i just kind of am like every time i want to give up i'm like i cannot because i mean i guess my philosophy with music in general is always this idea of like being able to take the pen and rewrite the narrative of like if something shitty happens i'm gonna turn it into a banger and then i'm going to not only make people feel fucking awesome but also create my own success from it and then it's this idea of like your struggles are your building blocks Mm -hmm. and so that is definitely a hard thing to implement when the struggle itself is actually happening because you have to kind of see the bigger picture but it's really empowering and I'm definitely like feeling a lot better now that I've started to put out music again but it's I mean every day you feel like you want to give up because this shit is tiring and it's and it's also like you you put your entire self-worth into something that people could just decide to not 100 percent. there's so much of yourself in music because even if it's you know not truthful to your life people think it's true sometimes and so therefore like that's what they assume about like as an artist too and as a creative and like for you too with acting and just anybody who is creative i think that you put yourself into your work so it becomes yeah and it's like you stay up all night thinking about it and whatever it's not just like work it's you there's no separation because the product itself is just your heart out there Mm -hmm. if it's good it's your heart you know the worst is the vulnerability hangovers you know Mm -hmm. it's like you put Mm -hmm. yourself into something i actually just watched my movie that came out my, Mm -hmm. my christmas movie and i thought because you know it's a fun and joyful movie that i would be okay watching it yeah and i watched and i just cried i just cried and cried and cried and it had nothing to do with anything because all the feedback was like oh it was good or whatever and i was like i don't i can't look at it yeah like i can't look at can't look my at own work objectively yeah. I, I will never see it objectively yeah. it could be like the best performance i do in my career it could be the worst i'll never know because because you put so much into it yeah. that any real product is like almost a letdown because in your brain it's just the biggest thing in the world and nothing in real life could live up to it even yeah. if it's amazing yeah you're if that like, makes any is that sense what i look like is that what i sound like like you're just so painfully aware yeah. of like who you are and then you get to see like you see other people react to who you, you mm-hmm. put out as you mm-hmm. and it's gnarly it's so weird and for anybody listening to this it's probably you're probably like oh my god these girls hear themselves all the time they post all the time on social media they see themselves it's a weird experience for everybody to to confront this dissonance between who you are in your brain and then how the world sees you Mm -hmm. and social media only makes it weirder we were talking about this too and like a a question out of this is like you have to promote yourself you have to put your music out there you want it to reach people you have a message you have a passion but people's words kind of hurt i'm sure they fucking hurt they suck yeah so like how do you keep yourself sane and move through it and continue to do what you're doing um i think that you have to maintain perspective in that it's so much bigger than a comment like that everything that i'm doing is so much bigger than the way that people react to one post because it's it's about 
connecting with people. And for me, it's about the feeling like at a show when I'm like, for example, I have a song called Fuck Yourself that is like about <laughs> love, love that already. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she knows. Yes. Um, I'm a big fan. Girl. <laughs> but that song is really about um, the, I guess, like female experience. And I wrote it after I got sexually assaulted when I was 18. Um, and it deals with a lot of those topics. And it doesn't it like didn't it. It's not a viral song. It probably has like. A little bit over a million streams on spotify which is amazing but like it's not crazy and and it's about the way that people write to me about that song and the way that like they haven't told anybody about their sexual assault and hearing this is the way that they channeled their anger into a healthy place and they listen to it every day on their drive to work to see somebody that sexually assaulted them that they can't bring up because they don't want to lose their job or like wow. these mm. crazy stories of like of it's just stuff that's so much deeper than like a hate comment. It's so powerful that you're right. Perspective because it's, it's so powerful to know. And like going back to, yeah. And going back to the place of like why I do this, which is like, I started when I was 13 because I was very mentally not okay. (laughs) And like artists really did that for me. And I never reached out to any of these artists. Like I never hit them up on social media. I know like I barely even went to shows, but but you don't like the, you don't know yeah. who is connecting and who your music is is helping. And you don't know, like even for you guys, shit that you're saying on here, you don't know who's going to hear it and you don't know who's going to feel better about their day because they heard something that they related to because people need to see people that they aspire to feeling uncomfortable feelings that they feel to realize that they those feelings are not something to be ashamed of. Yeah. yeah, that you can you can be who you want to be by being who you are. That you is know? really and the, being why vulnerable. we're doing this podcast is just we want people to feel less alone. You know, like we've mm-hmm. all been in spaces where we just feel so alone and nobody relates to us. Yeah. And, you know, we've tried and find that in TV and film and music and whatever. And like this is just another really great outlet to like bring people in and mm-hmm. hope that one person listens to this and yeah. is like, oh, I, I feel like I have new friends and like I can go about my day better than I could yesterday. Yeah, you know? I have a question for you. Oh, we get, we're getting it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. What has been the most recent time that you have felt that? Something, alone? yeah, alone in, in a feeling that was uncomfortable. Honestly, I feel it every Monday and Wednesday, probably Monday through Monday, I feel alone. Besides like when I'm with, you know, Bella or like people I love. But in my acting class, we're doing like really personal work right now. Like before we get to stepping into characters, we have to sort of get to know yourself so you can know your characters. And so we have to like basically get up and bare our souls for like Mm. hours at a time and have people be like, I mean, most recently, like last Wednesday, I was doing this thing called repetition where you just like repeat with the person. Basically, it's just calling people out on their insecurities and seeing how they react and then continuing to press them and annoy them till they cry. That's basically it. And my, Sounds like abuse. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but it's it's helpful in a way of like, I know I can get to these places that I didn't know I could reach. Like I, I actually am like thankful that there is that kind of outlet, but I just, my teacher said something to me like you, it's so clear to me that you don't trust anyone and that you don't let people in and that you have intimacy issues. And I'm like, this is all stuff that I know, but like hearing somebody else call out something that I didn't realize was super transparent yeah. made me just feel super alone because I was like, 
do I even know anyone? Yeah. Do I know myself? Like, who do I trust? I don't trust anyone or I trust these and people. And you feel but, like exposed to. Yeah. You're and, like, you could see that. <laughs> yeah. Like vulnerability sometimes the aftermath of it makes me feel really alone. And I feel like I experience that on a day-to-day basis just because like I'm putting myself always in uncomfortable situations Mm -hmm. and trying to face them and work through them Mm -hmm. opposed to like letting it pass by, you know? Well, that's great though. Like you have to keep putting yourself in uncomfortable situations or you stay in a little box and then you live in fear that somebody's going to rip you out of that box. Feel that. Bella, you? I think I go through sometimes... Cause like I have Jamie, I have my boyfriend, I have my sister, like I've core group of really good friends, but I don't have a lot of friends. Mm -hmm. And I sometimes will sit and think about like, is it just cause people don't like me and don't want to hang out with me? Or is like, so like, that's where I always feel like I struggle. Cause I don't, I'm not the most social person. Mm -hmm. So like, I don't really care to make new friends, but at the same time, it feels like when you compare yourself to the world and you see people on social media out partying with like their 10 friends or big dinner parties, I'm like, am I doing something wrong? Yeah. Social media makes life miserable. It makes life miserable because you see somebody doing well and you automatically compare yourself Mm -hmm. to that because you just can't help it. But like as human beings, we're not supposed to see that. We're not. Or know all of this. No, we're not supposed to know all of this. Our brains can't physically cannot handle what the knowledge social media has brought to everyone. Like you're not supposed to know what, like when I see someone that I knew in elementary school posting a story, they're out at a club in New York city. I'm like, what? I haven't spoken to you in 15 years. Why do I know what you're doing tonight? That's it's such a weird. And why do I care to follow you? Because I definitely care. (laughs) Yeah. Like I'm not unfollowing and I'm watching your story, but why? Yeah. (laughs) It's so wild. Yeah. I think it just, I just broke Jamie's brain. You did. (laughs) Bella does that to me 20 times a day. uh, Yeah. Yeah. I'm just like, fuck. Oh, sorry. By the way, Shout out to Lori. <laughs> Shout out to Lori and the moms of Los Angeles for saying that we curse too much. We're trying to stop, guys. We're actively. I mean, you're going to hear a few fuckity fucks here and there. <laughs> but we we will do better. Do you feel that this is how I will pose this question to the both of you? Pose the question. As, as a woman. Pose but it, I feel often. like Tyra. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Ty. Not Tyra. <laughs> Not Tyra. The flood of memes coming to our brains right now. Did you ever see the episode where, what was the show called? America's Next Top Model? That yes. show was fabulous, no. by the way. By the way, there's an episode from the early 2000s where, <laughs> it's so bad. They they make the models switch races. <laughs> Okay, no. No, so like this immediately no. White girl from like France are like, so you're gonna be Chinese. Uh-uh. No and they do it's not okay at all. But By like the, way, the fact it's honestly kind of cool. Not cool that they did that, <laughs> but it's cool to see the evolution of the way the world has gone yeah. in like a positive way, where it's yeah. like that was 20 years ago now. And you can see that a lot has changed in 20 years. That's the one thing I will say that's cool about media. Like it's a digital timestamp on history from here on out Mm -hmm. you'll be able to see Mm. all of our history forever rather than read it in a book i don't yeah that's so true but also the personal evolution of that is crazy scary like the fact that since we've all had iphones and had cameras on us all the time and been able to take pictures whenever the way that it 
it affects our memory i think is so interesting like you remember something because you have that random yep. iphone so much picture more of it. vivid by the way yeah or i mean i don't know if you guys struggle with this but like when you see old photos of yourself and you're either like i think it's for me i always struggle to me, to me i always struggle with weight and the way i looks and i Same. think seeing photos is so dangerous because you can see photos of you when you were like 20 pounds skinnier, 20 uh -huh. pounds heavier. And it like really fucks with your head. Oh girl. I literally have, I feel you so hard and I've had different variations of eating disorders <laughs> for about 10 years at this point, probably more than that. And three, two years ago, three years ago, I was 40 pounds lighter than I am now. And I'm glad you look the way you look. Thank you. You look beautiful. Cause you look stunning. Thank you. But it's, weird to look at old photos because you are like oh my god that's terrifying yeah. but then there's always this part of you that's like why don't i look like that anymore and it makes yep. actually recovering from an eating disorder fucking impossible yeah like terrible but at the same time it's it's important to be able to look at that stuff and be like no i did not look good mm -hmm. i did not look good that and skinny. i didn't feel good mentally yeah. no like maybe it felt good in your clothes, but like yeah. it doesn't feel good. But mentally. even then, like the thing with an eating disorder and like body dysmorphia and seeing yourself one way versus actually what you look like to an outside world is like, even if you fit into your clothing and you think pants like your smallest jeans fit you, like you feel so empty inside. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh -huh. not worth that feeling. No. And it's so hard. It's so hard. Isn't it weird how pictures though, like you remember things one way because you remember how you felt in the moment mm -hmm. and you felt this mix of of like pride that you were able to get down to that weight but then you felt so empty yeah and you felt so self-hating for so long and for so many things off of one extra bite that you had or like whatever yep. the fuck it was and then now you look at that picture and and like you personally almost feel those feelings again but at the same time when you look at the picture all you see is somebody who's like so skinny yeah and it's this weird it's such a it really is such so, a shame though yeah. like it's a shame that and i think social media definitely feeds into that which is like people are editing yeah all that's the, time. the craziest part too you have like you're literally getting these molded versions of people and then you're like that's what i'm supposed to look like yeah. and you don't get to see those people in real time all the time to know that they don't actually look that way yeah, yeah yes like, it's so true nobody looks that way yeah or like when we were doing our promo for the podcast I remember them being like, do you guys want to Photoshop this? And we were like, no, leave us natural. That's like, great. Let's look the way we actually look yeah. for the people who are going to listen. Like, we're not stick skinny girls. Mm -hmm. Like, we should have a body. But also, you guys both are fucking gorgeous and look amazing. And it's time that we start celebrating what is versus mm -hmm. comparing it to be. some ideal that, yeah. like, first of all, is not even cute. Second of all, it's like... Like you, it didn't have to be here. You brought it in out of nowhere because it's this societal ideal. Like there are two gorgeous girls right here. Appreciate what is. Yeah. Yeah. I like that message of just, and just across the board for anything. Just appreciate what is. Yeah. Like, look at the glass half full, I guess. It's just if you think about life in like, not to get existent. Okay. That's, Thank you. I think it's Bella's That's my chicken, chicken nuggets. nuggets. But when you think about life in the biggest way possible it's like every second you don't know when your last second yeah. on earth is so it's 
just like taking it and appreciating just the fact mm -hmm. that you're alive because those odds are so low Yeah, mm -hmm. that it just like allows you to have, I think, at least that's what I do if I'm anxious or like I feel bad about like eating ice cream one night when I told myself I wouldn't, whatever it is. I just think about how life is so short. Yeah. Don't beat yourself up over every little thing. It's harder to do. And it's like when it goes back to this idea of like, have you ever thought of giving up? Mm -hmm. Yes. But then life is too short. Yeah. Life is too short to like not do something that you wanted to do. Totally. Because what if you fail? If you fail, whatever. If you Honestly, succeed, whatever. This has been something, and I'm actually, as we speak, trying to get back into this mindset right now because I've been really struggling of just getting out of my own way recently. Mm -hmm. Like, mm -hmm. just, I've just been so in my brain and I can't, I like, I'm just getting in my own way. And this woman who I adore and she changed so much life for me, Gabby Bernstein. She's just, an author, right? Yeah, yeah. And she wrote this book called The Universe Has Your Back. And it's just all about basically like getting in touch with the universe and using it as basically your support oh system. Oh my God. That's crazy that you bring that up because that just brought up a memory for me. Okay. I listened to her podcast when we were living in the same building. And really? This, yes. I listened to her podcast and I don't know if it's because you mentioned her to me. I, I literally don't know, but oh my God, I've been thinking about this moment so much. This is so crazy. Sorry, I'm going to unravel this. Basically, right before, this was like the week leading up to when my first song, Silence, was coming out. And I was so anxious. I, I don't think I've ever been that like anxious in my life. And I listened to that podcast and I, I didn't even meditate at the time. But I was like, you know what? I'm going to meditate and I'm just going to ask the universe to give me whatever or basically say I'm surrendering to the yes. universe. Mm -hmm. And then this, the universe sent me a boy that I, <laughs> that was foreign and there for a week. And that was like the craziest whirlwind, like four days of my life. And it made me completely forget about the song coming out. And then that night that the boy left I literally broke down and cried. And I was thinking about this because you were talking about like the, the aftermath of vulnerability. Mm -hmm. And that was like the first boy that I ever had like a real thing with, even though it was very short. And after that happened, I was literally crying to myself so much, even though it was a really good experience. I, it, it's just like when you have a really emotional, vulnerable moment afterwards, you need a release. And then literally the next day the song came out and it was like all of these things that were just like when it leading. rains it pours oh my mm -hmm. god but but you're so right of like surrendering to the universe and you're just a tiny little thing in the system and but if also you, like if you if you vibrate positivity positivity comes back your way mm -hmm. and i know it sounds really stupid but even in the smallest way and like my favorite thing that she says and i repeat it to myself constantly because I feel like I'm a really fear-based person is like step Same. out of fear and step into love. And like that just realigns you so quickly. And it's so hard because you're just, you get yourself in these spirals and then you're like, okay, that's all I have to do. Because if you're, if you're stepping into love, like you're more willing to take the opportunities that come your way. Like yeah. if you haven't surrendered, you may have never let that person into your life yeah. and had those experiences that. You know where I met this person? Ludlow Coffee Supply. Oh, that was our coffee, was shop, our coffee that we shop we went to in the morning. So I literally met him at the coffee shop. 
How crazy is that? Like, it's at just so mundane, you know? Sam Smith at the body shop. But also, shop. that's so... Oh, my... Yeah. That's how every... <laughs> the at the body shop. Doing something unholy. <laughs> but I feel like a coffee shop is how a good love story begins, yeah. you know? It's very Julia Roberts. Super Julia Roberts. We were just talking about her and how great her old movies were. Julia oh, Rob. Iconic. Um, okay, well, to bring this back on track and... Sorry. No, no. We're <laughs> Sorry, good. we just got really existential. That was great. I love a tangent. I love a tangent. Um, mm-hmm. But to bring it back, and we'll wrap up with this question. It's a fun, silly, great little question. What is the last thing that you ordered on Amazon? Oh, fuck me. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, what's the last thing you ordered? I don't she order from use Amazon. Amazon. Jamie has like a absolute horrible problem with anything that is Amazon, online delivery, why or postmates i've never and like like, why i I really thought she was lying when she first would be like it postmates hates me oh she gets kicked off of uber like she struggles with all of these things and it actually just like she'll order ice cream from the place we get ice cream all the time and it won't come yeah like the one time she orders it it will not show off around the corner to somebody yeah they'll send like a photo and it's around the (laughs) corner underneath someone else's gate it's wild yeah but so I found caviar and I caviar does I love me caviar. right. Caviar is a little bougie bitch. But it's the only though. one that it can keep up with me, I guess. Yeah. Can you be on Postmates because you're not on Uber? I can't be on Postmates. <gasps> you're not on Uber? No, nope, I she got, got kicked, kicked off out of Uber. What about Lyft? I, I use Lyft. I'm a Lyft queen. She yeah. lifts. She lifts. Um, well, I feel like I feel like you're an orderer. So what's the last thing you ordered in general? Groceries. Okay. Water. Instacart or like no on Amazon Whole Foods. There you go. That's Amazon, yeah. Amazon order. Exactly. <laughs> but I'll, honestly, my favorite thing to order on Amazon is water because LA tap <gasps> water. Too. LA tap water sucks. All right, Amazon Slay Queens. Yes. We are gonna wrap this stuff up. Thanks for coming on. Thanks. Thank you so out. much for having me. This has been so cute. Please come back whenever. And welcome back for our segment of segment of segment. The one and only surprise, motherfucker. As you guys know, the game goes as follows. Lauren, our producer, sends us an article. Jamie and I are not allowed to discuss it until we are sitting right here with these mics in front of us. So today's article was... I will... Read it. Mm-hmm. Atlantic Records denies claims A, B, C, D, E, F, U, TikTok start was marketing ploy. So what did you think about this article? You know what? I, like, towards the end of the article, my question was answered. Because they started off the article. What was your question? My question was, <laughs> why are they upset that that song had, like, why did they actually feel like they were being lied to? Don't they Mm -hmm. know that that's how it works? Mm -hmm. But also I do like, I don't think like that girl commenting on the TikTok, the manager from Atlantic, like that doesn't like, that's not, how do you say this? Like, it's not, you can track that really easily. So I don't think she was hiding herself. She didn't go under a different name. She didn't go. She was like being who she was in the comments. And so like anybody who was willing to do the research would have easily been able to find out that she was like, you know, a manager there. Mm -hmm. And also good for the girl who is singing, who her song kicked off from that. You know what I mean? It was. I just think it was a really smart marketing ploy. I completely agree. I thought the guy who called it out and was trying to be like, 
like we're all we're so mad the society everyone's mad always about something and the guy who's trying to point it out it didn't seem like he was doing it to in any beneficial way yeah i also don't know again like right off of that i don't actually know how malicious that comment by that guy actually was to say like oh i feel like i've been lied to like he probably just thought that that was a cool way to do something you know what i mean like by saying oh um asking for recommendations and then maybe he felt like he was a part of it because he saw the rise happen and then maybe he just felt like excluded from knowing that it actually was a ploy but like marketing ploys happen behind the scenes all the time that is the only way for things to make money is by doing marketing so to feel upset that it wasn't homegrown it still was in a way the people still had to find that song it wasn't like atlantic records came in and gave this girl a giant campaign, they still blew the song up on TikTok. So in a way, even if it was a marketing ploy, that doesn't just happen. It had to have been a good song and people had to have liked it. You know, it wasn't like someone just thrust this girl into the limelight and was like, here's our star. It's like she still gained all of those followers and listeners naturally. And also that song is really fucking good. Yeah. And it's a great song. So in conclusion, in conclusion, I would say this, and I don't mean this in like an aggressive way, because I understand that everybody should be able to have a space to speak, but it's like, leave the girl alone. She's creating, she's writing music, she's singing. She got, you know, she blew up. Let her have it. I agree. I think Support her all the way through it. You like her music? Don't go looking for something wrong when there isn't. Yep. And also like, that's me saying that I know at some point people are not going to like the stuff that we do. And there's going to be people that love the stuff we do. You're always going to have that double edged sword. It's just the name of the game. But like the fact that something as minuscule as that turns into an article is really wild to me because, you know, in order for that to have been turned into an article, that guy's comment had to get a lot of reactions. So it's like everybody is sort of like coming together to go against and take the negative side of things. Yeah, it's just not beneficial to her. Because like, okay, so what if that was Atlantic Records way of marketing? Like, It's all- not personal. Yeah, it's not. No one was like, <laughs> and to you, mister, I'm going to lie. Like, I don't think some people realize like the song would have blown up. Regardless. Regardless, because it was a light song. Like think about TikTok and think about an algorithm and think about the way it works. Just because someone comments on a article doesn't mean it's or comments on your tiktok and you stitch it or whatever that is it doesn't mean that you're Success. gonna blow up yeah should we try that yeah let's just start lying let's just, let's, just, just <laughs> let's just have lauren our producer just put in our comments like make a podcast about this and make then a podcast about the tiktok song that blew up <laughs> yeah but anyway i think like for our guest that we had on today layla her song blew up on tiktok because it's a bad bitch anthem. ABCDFU is also a bad bitch anthem. Women like songs that empower them and they want to sing them loud and they want to scream them. And they want to share them with their friends. And everyone can kind of relate to saying F you to someone that messed you over too. I know. I remember when that song came out and we were like, like just bopping to that song. Such a good song. And you were like everyone but your dog or something. You yeah. were like, you can all fuck off. You were like, I love that. Can relate to that lyric. Um, yeah, honestly, it's an interesting article. It's a quick read if you guys want to take a read on Mm -hmm. it. Um, it's just interesting to see how people turn something so small into something bigger. Big facts. But also just 
in an overarching way, how much stuff is on the internet, period. <laughs> it's just never ending. It is relentless. And again, double-edged sword, because there's a lot of positive things and there's a lot of negative things. And take whatever side you will, even if you disagree with us, then disagree. We're not here to tell you you're wrong. Have your own thoughts. That's the kind of the point of this, anyways, is to spark a conversation about something and then have our opinions on it. Sometimes we agree, sometimes we disagree, and today we're pretty much in agreement. Mm-hmm. Hot takes. Hot takes. Hot takes. Hot takes. Hot takes. Hot takes. Quesadillas. Fire. I love a quesadilla. Guys, I think I'm going to learn how to make um, corn tortillas fresh. Because, oh, I know what my hot take is. Fajitas are the greatest thing ever invented, and you cannot convince me otherwise. Hot take, Bella is a great cook. Thank you. I'm a fajita queen. And also, hot take, Christmas shopping is the worst. Mm -hmm. No matter how much time, no matter how much effort I put into it, it never turns out the way I want it to be. Mm -hmm. And I disappoint myself yearly. Signing off. See you next week. Goodbye, Nail Polish Sisters community. (laughs) This was a fun day. Bye. Bye. Please rate, like, and subscribe on Apple and Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nail Polish Sisters is hosted and produced by Jamie Belushi and Bella Giannulli. Produced by Lauren Boone. Edited by Jordan Fair. Original music by Joey Cars. The Nail Nail Polish Polish Sisters is a Gulfstream Studios production. And if you've made it this far, 100 points.